0: I'm not really sure why I'm here or what you need me for this morning, um, especially that last song. I don't know about you guys. That's one of my favorite songs. I listen to it on the radio quite frequently. And uh, it uh, it kind of played into something we, I guess, something that struck me during Sunday school message this morning. Uh, we we had this uh, video where the guy's standing in front of this log cabin out in the mountains. And uh, you could see there's only a chimney left. That was it. Um, and it really reminded me of a passage in First Peter, and you guys got me all discombobulated because you don't need me. But First uh, First Peter chapter one verses twenty four and twenty five, where it says, uh, "For all people are like grass, and their glory is like the flowers of the field. Uh, the grass withers, and the flowers fade, but the word of the Lord endures forever." And that's really what I'm here to talk about today. For the Gideons, is the word of the Lord, because that is what truly is lasting and eternal. Always have a hard time trying to figure out how to start these, right? Um, it's like a lot of things in life. How do you get something started the right way? Um, and I guess I, I wanted to start with just the number of people. Holy cow. You guys got an, sorry, got a, got an extra room of people back there. That's awesome. <laughs> I'll, I'll try not to forget you back there. Um, there's seven and a half billion people in the world today. And that's a lot of people. And most of them don't know Christ. I would, I don't know what, I didn't look at the statistics to see exactly how many that is, but I think it's pretty safe to say that the vast majority of them do not know Christ as their Lord and Savior. And when, when we're given that task by Jesus to go and make disciples of all nations, and you look at seven and a half million people, that's a huge number. It's a monumental task. It's, to me, it can feel overwhelming at times. And then when you take that sheer number of people, combine that with all the distractions we have in the world, The things that we have, the materialism, the the other activities we could be doing, the other activities that people we try to witness to want to be involved in, there's a lot of things fighting for that attention that uh, needs to be given to God. And then you have the crime, the drugs, the poverty, uh, pollution, Human trafficking, homelessness, all those problems that are out there. And you can really see just by turning on the TV or looking in the newspaper, you can see that need out there in the world for God. I had a really good lesson this past week of, about people needing Jesus. Um, had the truck at work stolen, not just once, but twice this week in, uh, in little old Hatchison. And it, it just goes to show there are people around us who need Jesus, who need something more in their life to, to change the way they live and the way they think. And again, to me, it's, it's hard to, uh, I guess, grasp that enormous task that we've been given to go out and make disciples of all nations. So I guess I'm going to start off with a video here, if the guys have that ready. We'll watch the first video. It kind of gives you a little brief introduction to the Gideons. Really, we face a people problem in the world, right? I mean, most problems they 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 come from us because, left to our own devices, we want to choose wrongly, do the wrong things. So, how do we reach people? And I think the the message I really took out of that video was one by one by one. Uh, and as I was thinking about this message this week, I was thinking about the cross country team that I coach. And it's funny, you you tell a a teenager to go run eight miles and they look at you like you're crazy. You know, eight eight miles, if you've never done it, sounds like a lot. Um, And so they look at me and they say, how am I supposed to do that? How am I supposed to go out and run eight miles? Well, it's like I tell them, it's you take the first step and then you take the next step. You don't look at it in terms of I have to run eight miles, I just have to get the next block, the next few steps. And I think when we when we consider the command Jesus gives us to go and make disciples of all nations, we need to think about it in those terms. It's about building relationships with people one at a time. It's about influencing lives one at a time, and uh, by demonstrating to people our own relationship with Christ one at a time. It's not going out and reaching all seven and a half billion all at once. It's like any good journey. It starts with the first step. And it reminds me of that analogy about how do you eat an elephant? Well, you eat an elephant one bite at a time. So I want you to, if you, if you want, turn to John chapter 6. I'm going to read about the story of Jesus feeding the 5,000. <clears> and since you guys had me here last year, I've had to change some things up and do it a little differently. So uh, we'll see how this goes. Hopefully it's not too bad. So in John chapter 6, it says, Sometime after this, Jesus crossed to the far shore of the Sea of Galilee, that is, the Sea of Tiberias, and a great crowd of people followed him because they saw the signs he had performed by healing the sick. Then Jesus went up on a mountainside and sat down with his disciples. The Jewish Passover festival was near. When Jesus looked up and saw a great crowd coming toward him, he said to Philip, Where shall we buy bread for these people to eat. He asked this only to test him, for he already had in mind what he was going to do. Philip answered him, it would take more than half a year's wages to buy enough bread for each one to have a bite. Another of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother spoke up, here is a boy with five small barley loaves and two small fish, but how far will they go among so many? Jesus said, have the people sit down. There is plenty of grass in that place. I kind of looked at this passage a little bit differently this week as I was reading through it, and uh, I want us to consider three different characters in this story, uh, three different people who were there. First is Philip, and I think Philip is a lot like me when I look at that seven and a half billion number. He sees this enormous crowd. Jesus asks him, how are we going to feed the 5,000 men plus whatever women and children were there as well? And uh, Philip is overwhelmed by it. He's... I don't know. This is impossible. Um, Walmart doesn't have enough bread on the shelves and we don't have enough money to buy it anyway. So uh, it just it can't be done. But then you have Andrew who brings this boy to Jesus. And I really identify with Andrew because, uh, you know, he he's he basically comes and says, well, Jesus, here's what we got. We have some loaves. We have a couple of fish. Here you go. I don't know what you're going to do, but uh, go ahead and have at it. And I think about that in my life a lot of times because um, I, I really I look at myself and it, do I have what it takes to lead people at work? Am I the right kind of role model for my kids? Am I the right kind of husband? Do I know enough to teach a Sunday school class or to lead a youth group? There's not enough in me. I'll, I'll give you what I got, but there's just not enough here. But then we have the boy, and it doesn't say much about the boy, But for those of you who have kids or have had grandkids, you know, you're trying to lift something heavy, you're working in the garage with some tools, maybe you're making dinner and you hear this little voice behind you that says, can I help? I kind of imagine this kid in that way, this boy, you know, coming up and saying, here, can I help? I'll help feed them. Not really thinking about his limitations or how little he has, but has that childlike faith to say, here's what I have. This should be enough. And I think we got to have that kind of an attitude uh, when it comes to trying to seek and save the lost, to try to reach out to people. Uh, we, we need to forget about our own limitations, whether we're good enough speakers, whether we know enough Bible verses, uh, whether we have enough that we can give a church, and just realize that that uh, Paul's words in Ephesians, when he says that uh, that we are made for a purpose. Right? I mean, it, it, it tells us that, uh, God created us through Christ Jesus to do the good works that He has prepared for us to do. And we need to have faith that God's Word is true in that respect. We all have something that we can do and that God has made us for. So it's not about being smart enough, good enough, or knowing enough. It's about being obedient with what God has given us. We all have something that we can offer. For some of us, maybe it's just time, and time can be used in prayer. Prayer is so important, praying for your pastor, praying for your your brothers and sisters in Christ who are here in your church, who are out in the world, who are being persecuted overseas in other countries. Time for prayer is essential, and if that's all you have, that's what you can give to God. Some of us, not me, but some of us have that Innate skill to go out and make connections with people, to build a relationship with them. Maybe you have that ability to open up the scriptures and explain it in a way that someone hasn't understood before. That's a gift that can be used for God's service. And then others of us have resources we can give to ministries to help support uh, the work of God and the kingdom of God. But I think in all these things, we need to take to heart the words that Samuel gave the Israelites. He said, now then stand still and see this great thing the Lord is about to do before your eyes. And sometimes I have to remind myself that it's not about what I'm doing. I just need to offer up what God has given me and then watch and see what God can do with it. That's what we as Gideons are are really about, is using what God has given us to make an impact on the world. It's an organization of of men and their wives who are members of churches, and for over a 100 years we've been ministering to people through personal witnessing and distributing God's word. You've probably all seen Bibles in the hotel rooms. We also put them in hospitals, schools, uh, military bases, basically any place that is a high traffic area where we can reach people with the word of God and we can share the gospel of Christ. Uh, Prayers and financial support of churches like this is extremely important in doing that. That is the only way that this is successful. And because of folks like you, uh, because you guys have been very faithful to the Gideons over the years, over two billion copies of God's word have been given out in the world. Isaiah tells us in chapter 55, For as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven, and do not return there but water the earth, making it bring forth and bud that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but will accomplish what I please and prosper in the thing for which I sent it. And that is God's promise to us. And when we're faithful to go out and use what he has given us to expand his kingdom, and to share the gospel of Christ, his word is not going to return to him void. i uh, have got one more video to show you about what God is doing in this world through the Gideon's ministry and through the support of folks like you. Uh, If you guys have that ready, go ahead and fire away. God is doing mighty things in India. We have the ability to motivate people. We have 1.2 billion people, out of which only 4% are recognized as Christians. In my youth days or in my childhood days, we used to pray a lot for the communist countries, the Iron Curtain countries, and we prayed a lot that God should open the doors of the Iron Curtain country, and very miraculously God opened it. Now we are praying that God should remove the curtain in front of the eyes of our country's people. We feel that one day God would do it, and this 1.2 billion people would not go to a lost eternity. There are hundreds and thousands of temples like these in every nook and corner of this country. Hundreds and thousands of people visit them every month. They all need to hear the gospel. They consider Jesus one of the gods, and it's just a matter of time before they realize that He is the only God. When one, what I see in India is the need uh, for the Word of God. Uh, People do need to know the truth. People do need to know who Jesus is. When we speak about Jesus Christ, as they are hungry to know more and they get an exposure to a better way of living in the truth of the word of God, Okay, <laughs> that's all right, we can go on with that. But you, you can see 1.2 billion people in that a better one... better way of living in the truth of the Word of God. 1.2 billion people and only 4% of them are recognized as Christian. So just in that one country, there's a huge opportunity to, uh, to reach people for Christ. And... Uh, If you saw earlier, the the first video indicated 90 million copies of Scripture were given out last year. Well, just think how many years it would take if all 90 million of those were going to India. You know, that's going to take 13, 14 years just to reach that whole country. So there's this enormous need out there, and uh, we're trying to fill it. If if that sounds like something you want to be a part of or to help continue to support, there's a number of ways. First, we talked about having time for prayer. If that's what you have to give, please, please pray for this ministry. Uh, Paul tells us in Colossians to devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful, and pray for us, too, that God may open a door for our message, that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ. It's very important that we have prayers to have open doors in places like India, in uh, places in the Middle East where we're not allowed to be, and even right here at home in our local schools and communities. Uh, Even here, it can be very tough to have an open door. Uh, Second, if you're one of those people who has that talent and that ability to witness to others, to, to open up scripture so that they can understand it. Uh, and to do personal witnessing and and want to be involved in a ministry like this, please, please see me. We are looking for additional members to help with this ministry. And then finally, resources. Uh, It only takes $1.25 for one of those little pocket-sized New Testaments with Proverbs and Psalms. It's a very, very cheap investment when you consider the eternity that it can change. A $5 donation will purchase an entire Bible for a hospital or a prison. Uh, collect donations after church in the in the back of the sanctuary uh, but we we take checks we take credit cards um, and we also have a program called the Gideon's Expressions cards so if you are giving out cards for somebody uh, you know whether it be a get well card or an in memory you can make donations in someone's name that will buy scriptures um, and like I said with that verse in first in Peter that's the thing that really endures more so than any other kind of gift you can give I thank you so much for your time today. I thank you for your support of the Gideon ministry over the years. This church has been very faithful, and, and I know not only in this ministry but in so many other things. And the way you guys reach out in this community, uh, taking mission trips to other places, it's a really amazing thing you've got going here. And uh, you can tell that God's spirit is really at work in this church. Thank you so much for letting me be here today.